everyone. This is Brad Hughes, school principal and chief encouragement officer from Ontario, Canada. And I've got some good news for you. You found the Good News Brad News podcast, amplifying stories of heart-led educators moving from positive intention to action. Great people like you, improving kids' lives through service, connection, and finding the fun. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey everyone, great to have you back and tuning in to episode 19 of the Good News, Brad News podcast. I am your host, Brad Hughes, and as you settle in and get comfortable, today's conversation in episode 19 has me so fired up, you might find me talking 19 to the dozen with my guests, Che Cheney and Pav Wander. Now, Che and Pav will tell you they're just two middle school teachers from Toronto, <laughs> but I've got their number. Che and Pav are the dynamic co-hosts of the Staff Room podcast, where they take listeners through the ins and outs of the fields of teaching, learning, and leadership. They also host The Drive, a live radio experience where theme drops, listener requests, and great conversation come together every Sunday night. Pav and Che are also parents, partners, bloggers, and presenters who believe in the power of connection and reflection to grow their own capacity to serve, inform, and inspire. Now, Che, Pav, and I discuss a number of things near and dear to all of us, including knowing your community and leveraging relationships within to improve opportunities and outcomes for everyone, the importance of partners to talk and reflect with, to challenge and hold us accountable, and to companion us through setbacks, sorrows, and celebrations, and participating in cycles of creation, reflection, and action for improvement. For Che and Pav, reflecting on their work and content is only the beginning. As Che says, reflection isn't growth. It's whether you take that reflection and turn it into growth. That's right. It's moving from reflection to action that makes the difference. For Che and Pav, the key is coming back again and again to spaces that are accessible and enjoyable for everyone. Spaces where people look forward to gathering and leave feeling glad they came. Doesn't everyone deserve spaces like that? And aren't we more likely to thrive within those kinds of spaces? No matter your role, everyone can contribute to influencing and infusing spaces with a welcoming presence. Growing and maintaining inviting spaces begins with naming that intention and consistently modeling the kinds of personal interactions, traditions, and routines that let people know there's value added where you gather, whether in a physical or a virtual space. What could you do this week to assess the spaces you influence and to be intentional about a small change that, over time, might make a big impact on a more welcoming culture? I can tell you, it feels great to create welcoming spaces, especially when feedback reaches you that everyone that enters can see, hear, and feel that your space is a haven of comfort, positive energy, and restoration. But don't wait for that feedback. Start where you are and start today. Name your intention, model the way forward, and invite others to join you. 
I know you'll welcome the opportunity to better know Che and Pav today, and after hearing their story, you'll be eager to connect with them too. So, here's my interview with Che Cheney and Pav Wander today on the Good News Brad News Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back once again to the Good News Brad News Podcast. I couldn't be more excited to introduce a duo that means so much to me and so much to others in all of the spaces that they create and inhabit, and they are Pav Wander and Che Cheney. Che and Pav, welcome to the Good News Brad News Podcast. Hi, Brad. Thank you so much for having us on the Good News Brad News Podcast. We're so excited to be here. Brad, thank you for inviting me. I knew you invited Pav, but part of the consequence of bringing Pav on your show is that I, that I follow up. So I'm here. I know it's just a consequence, but uh, I'm excited to be here. Jay, if you're here as a third <laughs> wheel, I'll tell you, you are a third wheel that adds value like no other, my friend. So to start off, I'd love it if you told me about your roles in your schools, families, and communities. All right. So I am Pav Wonder. I am a middle school teacher. I've been teaching for about 15 years now. I'm a mom of two boys and currently teach at a school in North Toronto in the same area where Che is teaching. We used to work together and we no longer work together in the school setting, but we work together daily in the realm of education. I grew up in the same area where I am teaching. The school that I first taught at was actually the middle school that I attended as a student. And so many of my teachers were still teaching when I became their colleague and no longer their student. A very great experience and always fantastic to stay within the community and see how it continues to evolve over time. Mm, I'll follow that up with, well, I'm Che Cheney. I've been teaching a long time. I've been teaching 20 years in the same community that Pav has grown up in. And it was new for me. So as a teacher, everything was new and fresh when I started teaching. Changed cities just for the job to teach in northern Toronto, in the Rexdale community. It's led me on a great and enriching teaching career, but also just growth as a human being. The Rexdale community is rich and vibrant and very diverse, and it really opens your eyes up if you haven't spent your life growing up in a, in a very diverse community, which I hadn't. And I think in my 20 years, that's what's made that love of teaching just continue to thrive because there was nothing that I was really comfortable with early on. I had to learn a lot on the fly, on the go. And so now that I reach year 20, am I satisfied with where I'm at? No, but I can really see my growth as a teacher and as an educator. Pav and I have taught together for a few years, and now we're not. But almost, you could argue, that we actually team up even more. Because now that you're not in the same building, you work with intentionality to stay connected with people that are sharing resources and sharing pedagogies, and that growth continues. Guys, every superhero has an origin story. And while you're certainly a dynamic duo, I do want to start with a question to Wonder Woman. Pav, can you tell us about the origins of the Staff Room podcast? And then, Che, could you identify a couple of aspects of the podcast today that demonstrate how it's evolved? Yes, absolutely. Great question. The podcast itself was a couple of years ago, nothing that we had even considered or thought of. A friend of mine reached out to me. He works in the real estate field, and he has a podcast, which is a real estate-based podcast with a full production team graphic designer and producer and all kinds like a professional studio. 
And I knew that he had this podcast and he reached out to me asking how he could do something within the community just to give back. He was in a very successful place and he owed a lot of that success to the lessons he learned while in school and the teachers that he had. So he wanted to find a way to give back to the community. And I said, you know, what would be a great experience for the students that are growing up in this area is exposure to something like a podcast, something that they may not have exposure and access to. So we developed a real experience for my students. And I thought, you know, this would be a perfect way to bring podcasting in and sort of explore how we can use that. And so my friend brought his team to the school to teach them how to podcast and how to develop a quick 10 minute segment about a passion project. Follow up to that was the entire class visited his studio to record. They had their own graphics made up. They had their copy editing team helping them find information and laying out the podcast and showing them what post-production looks like. We spent the whole day recording. Che and I went in to do a quick 10-minute segment of our own with the hosts of the podcast. Well, that 10-minute segment turned into a 45-minute full standalone episode. We just fell in love with the ability to reflect so candidly about our practice. And after that experience, Che and I thought that was really satisfying. Like we really talked about some things openly that we had never really discussed in that conversational format before. This is something that we could really do. And we were not thinking of, you know, developing some, you know, monumental successful podcast at the time. It was just really a way for Che and I to reflect with one another the things that we're doing in our classroom spaces. And maybe those conversations would resonate with somebody who was listening. So that's really where it came from. That's how the Staff Room Podcast was born. On August 31st of 2019 was our inaugural Staff Room Podcast episode. And we haven't looked back since. Uh, those are some great insights. I remember thinking of that conversation where we thought we would only do one a month. And then ultimately now, like we're almost 200 plus recordings if you go with the radio show and our bonus content and our interludes and our episodes. Podcasting becomes infectious. It becomes, you know, just part of your lifestyle. And certainly, as I'll extend, Brad, from your questions, like where did the podcast evolve to? What, how's your practice evolved? Pav and I really kept it really raw and authentic in the sense that this is our reflection. So our first full-length episodes, maybe the first 25, are like minutes after the school day ends. Friday, 3 o'clock, the bell goes. By 3.15, we were recording. And it was really raw and really reflective of what we had been doing. We weren't necessarily preparing for it. It was just like on Friday, we'll feel where we're at and we'll talk. And there's value in that. And when you think about Pav says we don't look back, but sometimes we do look back in the sense that these were our archive thoughts. What were we thinking back then? What was making us um, move forward as a teacher, whether right or wrong? It's really great to go back and see, where were you? And as the podcast has evolved, Pav and I have evolved. Reflection isn't growth. It's whether you take that reflection and turn it into growth. And I think if you just casually think, well, we reflect, well, we all reflect all the time, but do we spend a certain amount of time being very focused? And then when you reflect with someone back and forth, you start to say, well, why don't we change this? Why don't we take some action? And that reflection to action evolved how we began to podcast because then all of a sudden it was like, well, we know we're podcasting Friday, but how come now that we talked about this last week, why don't we actually set ourselves up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday to make sure we're doing something so we can come back on Friday and be very intentional with what we're talking about. And so our preparation is still authentic in the regards that we still record on Fridays. 
But now we've done a little bit of preparation before, and there's a, a technique we want to use. There's an activity we want to use, and we want to make sure that when we speak on an activity, it's not so much just the theoretical. It's not just what we've read, but we've read, and we've put it into practice, and we're telling you how it worked in the immediacy. It's become personalized PD. So when you reach out and you interview people, we've realized we're going to interview people that we know we've, we see gaps in our teaching, in our practice. And all of a sudden, we're reaching out to people on areas we weren't totally comfortable with. And then we get this 30-minute session with an expert on a topic. And then you do it week after week. And that reflection has made impacts on our teaching, makes us much more poignant in our episodes. We reach out to talk to people that maybe we wouldn't even have thought we would have connected with before. So when we think about our craft and our content, we're very proud of our content at the moment. And but also know that it, you couldn't, we wouldn't have started there. You had to start in the space of just random reflections and then grow, 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 grow to the point where now that's the value in our podcast is that we can go back and look and see the archive. We can see our train of thought. We can see our progression because ultimately as our podcast has grown, so is our teaching practice. And I think that type of progression is mirrored in our podcast episodes. I've heard you talk about and reflect on all of the spaces that you create, you inhabit the spaces that you invite others into. You also just commented, Che, on the intentionality with which you curate these spaces. What are some of the key characteristics of those spaces that you're curating and what value you hope to bring to those spaces that you're inviting others into? Oh, I'll dive into this one. We're going role reversal because the, the rule is Pav goes and gives the insightful knowledge. And then I, you know, wisecrack around it and everyone's like, oh, Pav knows what she's talking about. But we change it up just slightly here. I think one thing we've learned and we've grown is it's not about bringing people to your content. We always think it's actually about honoring other people's content, honoring other people's spaces. And then you think, well, if we're honoring their space, the reciprocity is that they're going to come back and honor your space or give a listen to your material. And then that's when the true collective spirit it starts to grow and manifest. So I think when Pav and I think about curating spaces, it was never about let's make our space. It's like, we want to honor other people's spaces. And then we want to start to build our spaces like the drive space or the staff room podcast space or Twitter chat spaces. We want that space to be a welcoming space and not the finality of any conversation and not the idea that we've ascended to any mountaintops. We feel that we're creating a space that you can find the information anywhere. But are we making it accessible enough? Are we making it enjoyable enough? Do you feel there'll be enough reflection that this is where you want to get that information and continue that dialogue. So I think in sort of our space creation of the drive or the staff room podcast, I think we always try to remind ourselves and remind others we have not ascended to the mountaintop. We're not the gatekeepers of information. You said that perfectly, Che. It's about creating spaces together. It's no one space is going to give you everything that you need. And so we really have to work together to synergize those spaces as best as we can so that we can create meaning out of everyone's perspectives. And there are some incredible people that are out there doing amazing things, including yourself, Brad. I mean, we learn so much from yourself and we learn so much from the reflections that people share and the feedback that they give on the learning that they took away from our space. That reciprocity really is huge for us. And, you know, when we were thinking about our one word for 2021, it was amplify. And we truly feel like we are living up to that word because uh, we're, we're seeing all of the incredible things that everybody is doing out there. We are energized by all of the learning that other people are doing. We really thrive on those sharing of spaces 
the spaces that we've created with the help of the professional learning community that is around us. And we thrive in that space. Like the drive, as Che mentioned, has really become one of our favorite spaces because it is a place where everyone shares their learning and shares their connections through music and with education as well. Guys, our colleague Lindsay Titus reminds me, reminds us of the power of language. We literally speak and write our lives into existence through the language we choose. Rob Bell, in his book, How to Be Here, writes, All work is creative work because all work is participating in the ongoing creation of the world. What are your students learning about the power of language to create new worlds for themselves and others? And how does the work that you are creating within your spaces informing your work in your middle school classrooms? I think that we have become much more intentional with that in our language or our programs in our classroom spaces. You know, there there needs to be a focus on reading and writing in the traditional sense, but now we need to take a look at this area of content creation and content consumption and the back and forth that of the learning that happens between those two things. And also take a look at what we are reading out in the world and then turning that into something that helps us create something incredible as well. The themes of what we are creating are also very important. So what sort of messages are we putting out there, whether that's with our digital photography or infographics that we create or the writing that we put out, the poetry, the uh, amazing, you know, persuasive writing that we are just working on right now in our spaces. The language that we choose to use has so much power. And so uh, the content that we create also reflects that. This is where our podcasting journey has benefited our teaching because it's brought clarity to it. Once I've reached that point of content creation, now I cycle back and I'm a much better consumer than I'm a much better engager with other people's content. Ultimately, then I become another content creator. And we took that sort of understanding of our podcasting journey back into our classroom and with our students. When I'm teaching, even if I'm teaching a great lesson, even if it seems to be going great, Ultimately, my students are still the consumer until I make sure that they're interacting with the content, until I make sure they're creating with that content. And then with their content creation, ultimately, I want students to create for each other so then they can start to consume each other's learning. This is when the learning's at its best, when you're content creating and you're interacting with each other's content. I wonder if you guys would be willing to reflect on and share with me a little bit about the private spaces that you inhabit and create as parents. As we record, we're a year into a global pandemic, incredible community, family, educational, societal changes, and incredible stresses. Talk with me about how you and your families have navigated the pandemic through all of your various roles. And just as you curate the public or the media spaces, how are you curating a space for your family where everyone is going to be okay? It's been challenging because... You're trying to maintain some sort of sense of normalcy within your public and private spaces. You're trying to navigate alongside a lot of questions, a lot of fear. And I know that I myself have done a lot of learning about what children might be experiencing in my classroom space. Then take a look at my own children and say, hmm, I wonder if they're okay. Because I I know that my students are experiencing challenges and I've seen, you know, during the Zoom meetings, the tears flowing about things that are happening. And I think that sometimes we neglect that internal sphere 
when we're so busy taking care of the things that are in our external sphere. I have really taken a look to see that maybe I'm taking some things for granted in my home space and maybe there are some stresses that are uh, manifesting in different ways. And so maybe that moment of angst that occurs at home or the change of eating habits or the lack of drive, the lack of energy, the lack of wanting to do anything, the inability to focus. So I'm looking at things within my own children a little bit differently than I would have before. And I'm taking those cues from my students. And I've been so lucky that we've been able to create a very open and honest space in my classroom setting that maybe I'm thinking, maybe I didn't create that much of a space at home because we are a family and we do take for granted that we spend so much time together and this has been a real bonding experience. However, has it been, you know, have we really been talking to our own children the same way that we talk to our students to ensure that they are okay? And so I've taken a lot of those things that I've picked up on from my students who are so open to share, and I'm so grateful that they are, and brought those home to say, you know, maybe maybe I need to be spending a little bit more time in making sure that we are okay in our inner sphere, our inner circle. My own children have been learning virtually, and so I see what they are doing, I pick up from what they are doing, and I see my own children frustrated. And then I think, oh, you know what, maybe I need to ease it up a little bit with my students because maybe the expectations that I'm putting on them are too great. I can take that back into the classroom and use it to sort of help me navigate because we're all doing this for the first time. And so I've really been allowing them to help me be a better teacher. Pat, great responses. Two things pop to mind is that often uh, teachers talk about treating their, their students the way they treat their children. Sometimes I actually think I learn more how to treat my children by how I treat my students. And I cite the one example in the virtual space where there's not a chance I was going to give any child any grief in my classroom for coming to a virtual class late. Wouldn't bother me at all. Then I got a message that my middle daughter hadn't been to, to a virtual class. And it, I was just like, what do you mean? What do you mean you weren't in class? How did you not get to class? You all I have to do is turn on the computer on. I said, well, calm yourself. You wouldn't question your students at all. You'd show such grace. But for my own children, I instantly just got, you know, agitated that she hadn't shown up to class. I said, I've got to bring my teaching practice to my parenting practice. And maybe you don't give the grace because, you know, you're tired, you're fatigued, you're frustrated. And so I've learned a little bit of to almost the reverse that sometimes I put my parenting in check by saying, as a teacher, I wouldn't put my students under that such, such pressure. So why am I putting my children under such the microscope in the same vein? Early on in my career, I thought I had to make sure I was curating all this stuff for home. And then having my three daughters that are engaged in, you know, high school, grade seven, grade three, I realized how much pressure, how much stress I'm putting in the home platform by inundating them with work. So when I think about I as a teacher, if I want something to go home, it's got to be meaningful. It's got to be purposeful. I don't want to just endlessly just throw tons of work at home figuring I have to do that. Having been on the other side and seeing the stress levels of cause, I see my oldest daughter stressing out all the time because she wants to please her teacher. She wants to do this. She wants to have that done. I said, I don't want to be the cause of that type of stress in other homes. I think Pav talked about that. It's a real insight into the dynamics behind home spaces and realize there's lots of tensions. And even if you give out a task or an assignment, that you figure is okay, you're not sure how students are able to engage that in their home space. And I think as a whole, being able to see my daughter interact in that virtual space has made me a better teacher and has made me a better parent. 
What's firing you both up right now? What are you excited about? And what's coming up next for Che and Pav? Che and Pav always have a lot on the go. And, and so we are constantly just thinking about our next act, you know, like so for this weekend, uh, we've got the drive coming up every Sunday night. And so we're always very excited about that. We are always looking to grow in terms of our presentation abilities. So we're developing a few presentations, uh, you know, listening in on presentations, listening in, viewing other people's presentations. It's about growth for Che and myself. We're always looking for new opportunities for that and on connecting with other educators around the world. So lots going on there. We've got a few things in the works that we're really excited about. Hopefully in the next coming months, we can speak to that a little bit more. But yes, it's the Staff Room podcast. It's the drive. It's being pumped up and ready for those spaces because we love them so much and they happen on a weekly basis. So that's really what fires myself up every week. When it comes to projects, I think that's one of the reasons Pav and I have also been working on our webpage, chainpav.com. Not so much to give our content, but we want to build it into a space where people can share their content and we can highlight and amplify other people's content. Because now we realize we are blessed. We've got 200 plus recordings. We have a platform. People will come and listen to some of our words. Now we almost feel like before we, we couldn't amplify a voice because no one was even listening to our voice. But now we have a little bit of responsibility, like our voice is being heard. So let's make sure we amplify other people's voice. So we did a podcast episodes with two former students in Rexdale that are giving back to their community where now that story gets heard, where it wouldn't have been heard from us a few months ago. And so we're turning that chain path space into a space where we want to make sure we're highlighting other teachers' blogs. And then we want to create a, a resource page where we're just highlighting our best practices. Come to the webpage and grab all the Google Slides, all the Google Docs, sort of that gift economy. Take it, use it, make it even better, and then continue to re-gift that stuff. And, and Pav talks about we have a few other projects on the go. Our own philosophy is, is as soon as we start to tell people everyone what we're working on, we'll lose that fire to keep going. And so we're really excited to tell people, but we want to get far enough along down our project that it, we don't lose any steam. And Pav, I think that's probably where we're at. We really want that Che and Pav space to really be one a place to us, ampl continue to amplify our voice, but really honor and, and amplify as many other voices as we can. Something I want to reflect back to the two of you is that as your reach extends and as your influence grows, your sense of responsibility is the hallmark of everything you put out there. Everything that you put out there aligns with those core values of authenticity and humility. You carry tremendous responsibility for the authority that you're growing. And I'm so proud of both of you and so pleased to be part of your space today. Brad, thank you so much for those kind words. They really do mean a lot to us. And I do want to put out to <laughs> the world that you were actually the very first and only person to ever ask for our autograph. So <laughs> we, were <laughs> we were so uh, thrilled to receive that request and we couldn't, we couldn't say no. So <laughs> che Cheney and Pav Wander, thanks for a fantastic conversation. And I want to wish you the very best in everything that keeps you fired up and everything that you have going on. Thank you, Brad. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Good News Brad News Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment wherever you found this podcast. And if you like what you heard, please recommend Good News Brad News to a friend. And please hit me up on Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. 
You can find me at Brad, B-R-A-D, underscore Hughes, H-U-G-H-E-S. I look forward to hearing from you and to reconnecting with you on our next episode. Until then, get out there and do amazing things. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at www.teachbetterpodcastnetwork.com. We'll see you on the next episode.